0: Welcome. Oh, wait, do we have a cold open? Yeah, do we have a cold open? <laughs> <laughs> Is that our cold Maybe open? that's the cold open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Welcome to episode four hundred and fifty nine of the Design Details podcast. I'm your host Brian Levin, and I am
0: also your host Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another episode, Brian. It's been a little while. It has. This is the first monthly cadence episode, yeah. and uh, I feel pretty good. Yeah, it feels good. I, I wasn't dreading this as it was coming up. I was like, okay, I'm ready for it. It's been a while. Got some stuff to say. Some cool things have happened out in the world. <laughs>
1: I have things to say to the world. Uh,
0: yeah, I've I've, uh, <laughs> I've been thinking of a lot. Yeah, exactly. I got
1: a backlog of
0: potential cool things I could issue to to the listeners.
1: You know, a pet peeve of mine is, and I I do this, I'm guilty of it. I think everybody's guilty of it is when like you'll hear in an interview, someone will ask a question and the other person will say, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot. And you can tell Uh they have not been thinking about it a lot. (laughs) Maybe Uh they thought about it once in the last week or month, Uh Uh And it's just a natural thing you gravitate towards. I've been thinking about that a lot. Bullshit.
0: <laughs>
1: I did not not think about this recently. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I've been thinking about a lot of stuff, so let's get into it. Uh, first of all, though, what if I told you, you listener, what if I told you that a year from now you could finally get that chief creative officer promo lead a large team and have your CFO finally understand the value of design? Well, it all starts at Future London Academy's MBA for Design Leaders. They have a five-two-week module in London and California in the same room with creative leaders from around the world, learning, collaborating, and sharing laughter and tears, hopefully good tears. (laughs) You'll go behind the scenes of the top design agencies and most inspiring companies while receiving bespoke mentorship from CEOs, CFOs, and design leaders from Dropbox, Pentagram, Wolf Allens, Zaha Hadid, Architects, and many others With Future London Academy, you're here to erase borders, question everything, inspire others, ignite ideas, make friends, challenge the impossible, start a movement, invent solutions, think differently, change the world, and never, never stop learning. You can become one of the 30 change makers today if you apply at bit.ly slash chief designer. That's bit.ly forward slash chief designer, all one word, or check our show notes for the link cool level up once again at the future london academy's mba for design leaders at bit.ly forward slash chief designer thank you future london academy thank you future london academy that's pretty cool yeah i well i'm based in california but i would want to go to london yeah like (laughs) change it up mix it up show me show me that london design scene i don't know probably something going on over there uh all right, we have some new very important pixels as well. Hey. Hey. Welcome to the fam. Tiffany C U Minami. Evan, Sherry Moss, Cindy Wong, Kathy Hatch, Joshua, Jason Andrews, Elias Shantiri, Shannon Ma, and last but not least, perhaps my favorite VIP name ever, welcome to the fam, Trash Panda. <laughs> Trash Panda. I believe that's
0: a term of endearment for a raccoon. It is, yes, yeah, good name. Welcome to the hot tub, uh, you know. And and trash pandas, they'd like to clean off their little
1: handsies, you know. Like so,
0: it makes sense <laughs> that they would join in the hot tub to keep those little paws clean.
1: Dip your clean. little paws into the hot tub of design details goodies. Uh, yeah, welcome in, welcome in. Thanks for supporting the show. If you didn't know, we're a listener support podcast every month. People join us at Patreon.com/slash/design/details where for just a buck a month, just a buck a month, you get access. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Marshall. Is normally we have our videos off while uh-huh. we do this, and now I get to watch you do the the little, make the noises, the little <laughs> ad living. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways, we have people joining us on Patreon for just a buck a month, where you get access to bonus content. We call that bonus content the sidebar, sidebar, sidebar. So today we're gonna be going deep on our main topic, but if you get to the end and you just want a little bit more. You can get it for a dollar at patreon.com slash design details. Marshall, main topic time. Let's go.
0: Let us go. Okay, so this was news to me. You sent me a nice little video link with uh, a TED Talk. I haven't watched TED Talk in a while. I love me some Uh TED Talks Uh in a minute. But this was a fascinating one, about 13, 14 minutes, and a lot of crazy stuff happened in it. So let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, so we're talking about the humane TED Talk. It has been years in the making. Humane has been one of these companies that has teased us literally for years. With a commercial, black and white photos, obscured imagery, and nobody knows what the fuck they're making. Cooking something back there. Just Cooking something. Yeah. And it should probably
0: taste good based on the the cooks they got behind the wall. Like they hired some pretty good chefs. Some damn I'm good chefs. Guessing that food's good. Yeah. But yeah, what are they making?
1: Yeah. So we got the first, well, actually, a couple months ago, the, the TED Talk was a couple months ago, I think, or maybe a month ago. Now it's finally public release. But when it first came out, we got a couple of snapshots of what the thing is. And I'm sure many people who are listening maybe saw going around on Twitter the, the image of sort of a phone UI projected onto the presenter's hand. Uh, maybe people heard about the the French translation story, which is really cool. We'll get into that. Uh, but anyways, now we have the full video. So we watched the full video, heard the whole spiel and I guess this is, if I were to clickbait this title, it would be, is Humane's AI computer the future of technology?
0: Yeah, is Humane's approach to device design tenable?
1: Or or not even device design, like philosophy of yeah, philosophy. human-computer interaction going forward right like yeah. they are arguing that the current model is fundamentally broken and they want to fundamentally change it it's not an incremental step it's a rewiring of how they want us to interact with technology he calls it compute right compute yeah interacting I was with wondering, compute is, is that
0: the name of the device he keeps talking about compute and that's what i was kind of getting at is like we it's very device centric i guess like the way we design our devices are to be looked at and held in our hands and like Yeah, we'll still have a device with us, but maybe it isn't that anymore. And so that leads in perfectly to kind of our first bullet point here, which is the proposal like this. What is the elevator pitch of this thing is our devices are barriers between us and the rest of the world. And every minute we spend poking around on our phones is a minute lost um, experiencing the world around us. And uh, you sent me a Daring Fireball article, link in the show notes, that has a reference to a tweet that uh, the guy who gave this TED talk tweeted a while ago of a comparison of a picture of LeBron James and a picture of Michael Jordan. I think they were both like last second shots. And you can see the audience in the background. And of course, in the 1980s Michael Jordan shot, nobody has a camera, nobody has a cell phone pointed at Michael Jordan. But of course, in the LeBron James picture, everybody in the background is holding up a camera, taking a picture of the moment. And I think that the idea here is that that is a bad thing that has happened. Like, and you know, when you go to a concert, you're holding up a phone above your head to you know to experience the concert instead of just being there. You know, so, like, and this is this is not a new idea. This this idea of like we've gone too far and touch grass. This whole fucking thing is not it's not new. But this is a unique way of presenting a solution to that that isn't just go off the grid and rent a cabin in Montana or something.
1: Yeah, I, I think, well, there's two things that stand out to me. So the Gruber article is interesting. I think Gruber's point was, yeah, the photos are are stark and interesting. But I think from his point of view, everyone there who in the LeBron photo who's on their phone is excited about what that technology has enabled. They're excited that they're able to capture a moment and share it with their friends. Even if it's going to be a worse photo than the professional sports photographer on the court, it's going to be their photo. And it's... It's the receipt. Right, it's 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 proof of presence it's the NFT of (laughs) I was there, I participated no one else
0: could have taken this picture this is me, I bought that seat I was there in the moment at the time yeah the picture sucks but here's proof I was there
1: which, spoiler alert, nobody else in the world gives a shit about but we live Uh in this world where, I don't know, everything feels performative or like needs this external validation online so anyways I, I could rail against that but I don't think that was Gruber's point I think his point was like people were excited that they had the phone to capture the moment, right?
0: Right. And his, I think his takeaway was, or the, the kind of TLDR of the article is like, it's easy to tell people that you've gotten rid of, of a device that they hate, but it's a lot harder to tell them like, hey, I got rid of a device that you actually love. Um, And a lot of people love our iPhones and the things that tapping around on that screen actually allows us to experience and giving that up isn't necessarily like a universal win or just like a guaranteed plus.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that's the grouper part. I think we're also in this very interesting moment where we're a month away from the Apple event. And rumors are rumors. We don't know uh-huh. exactly what's going to happen. Ooh, but go, brewing, sc-
0: but I keep hearing. Go
1: scroll the front page of Mac rumors or like 9to5Mac, like any Apple rumor website. And it's, it's like a VR, Apple VR, VR goggles, VR headset the, the yep. headset's here. And so mm-hmm. it was fun to watch in the TED Talk. And I wrote down this quote. He says, the future is not on your face. And so I think, I mean, pretty smart. I think from a marketing point of view, to release this Ted video or get it scheduled in such a way that it comes out a month before Apple's event and position it as, I don't know, it's a little bit like a value judgment of yeah, yeah. a thing that doesn't have a screen is better than a thing that does have a screen. Yes, but, that's that's what he's saying. Yeah. You know, man, Apple's going to launch their thing and if it's fun, if it's interesting, if it like provides entertainment in novel ways that we've never experienced before or perhaps experienced before maybe in a, the VR context, but in a more modern, intuitive, lightweight way, people are going to like it. So anyways, I don't know. I guess it's like the battle of, of these philosophies. Uh, well, okay. And, um, okay, sorry, yeah. I, 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 sorry, finish here. We're going to end up talking about Apple a lot, but yeah. What do you, what do you think?
0: <laughs> Well, speaking of Apple, there's a point at the beginning of the talk where in the background, there's an image of a timeline of a bunch of like computing devices from like early Mac and all the way to the Apple Watch. And it's almost like he was implying that these are successive devices that have replaced the one before, right? As almost the framing that was implied. And his was a, a leading to the idea that like, and this will replace the watch. This is a better version of the watch. And, you know, this is this is the next step. But like probably the last four major innovations of like computing devices or like different platforms are simultaneously valuable, like a laptop computer and a tablet and a phone and a watch are all devices that I own and use every single day, you know what I mean? In tandem. So, like the idea that this is a progression, we're slowly like whittling down this giant desktop machine onto a thing that we can put in our pocket, and then eventually on our body, and then eventually we forget it's even there. I don't know that I agree with that premise.
1: I, I think you and I are on the same page there. Like different tool for different jobs. It seemed like they were more targeting the watch and the phone, less the desktop computer and laptop. It's clear that those are like have their moment. I think the watch is an interesting one because I could see humane's AI device may be playing there. But what I wrote down in my notes is the watch by nature of touching your body allows it to do interesting things. Even subtle things like haptics to notify you of things or if you're using it for navigating with maps and the way it uses haptic patterns to tell you where to turn.
0: Not to mention skin contact, the
1: fact yeah. that like, it actually is touching your skin it can read. All the health stuff. like stuff. Yeah. all Yeah, biometrics, health, knowing that it's on your wrist and unlocking your computer. Like there's real utility and value in having this thing touching your skin. And okay, so I'm glad you brought that up, but it also reminds me of like, we gotta talk about audio, right? Because in the demo, of course, he gets a phone call and audio plays out of the device that's on on his jacket and then he's talking to his wife and then there's he gives like a translation demo which we'll get to in a second cuz that was the coolest part for me but it's all playing out of this speaker thing right that's not going to work in the real world right like nobody wants your audio blasting out into the world that contains your personalized ai feedback or input or whatever you need a headset You need something plugged into your ear or something to look at privately, which I'm like, that's the phone and the AirPods.
0: Yeah. And he explicitly said like, this is not something that pairs with another device. And, and and, yeah, the first thing that I thought was like, well, you'll have headphones though. Right. Like I'm not going to push my nipple and then have it talk back to me. Like this isn't, it's like Star Trek or whatever. Like the the little chest pin, like the communicator or whatever. Like that's kind of where this is headed but I already kind of have that, and it's my AirPods. And I don't push my nipple; I I pinch my earlobe. Basically, you know, it's like a different thing. But um, I don't. Know, I, I feel like this as a standalone device isn't super valuable on its own. Like you kind of want it to be able to display things to or you to display a lot of information. Like all of the use cases that were used here were like ways to summarize a lot of complicated information down to something simple. Like uh, catch me up, just say, catch me up. And it summarizes all your emails and text messages and blah, 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 Or you say, can I eat this? And it uses the camera to look at the thing and basically says yes or no. Right. Which otherwise we would be taking pictures with our camera or doing like a Siri search or like a, a Google search or whatever. And that's powerful. But like, what if I want to drill down and be like, oh, okay, so Bethany wants to move that meeting. All right. How do I how do I like have this conversation and drill down into that do I have to push my nipple every time that I want to do that like do I have to can I maintain a conversation how specific can I be I just be like yeah it's cool or how much can I leverage and actually this is the part that was kind of interesting to me as I thought about it was like I would love to be able to say to my AI and as a side note I thought it was kind of interesting that he kept referring it to it as it, like as your AI this is your personalized AI um, but I, I can say to my AI like, yeah, sure, that's cool. But they reply with, sounds like a great idea and a whole thing. And in, in, in my type of uh, uh-huh, responding, uh-huh. that they could, the AI could do it for me in a way that is genuine to the way I would reply, without having me having to take the time to go through and talk. And by just saying, yeah, cool, sounds good, whatever, it can interpret that as a reply and go do the rest of things for me. And in that case, like this is actually usable. But if I need to like preview my upcoming meetings and like if all of that happens through you know a green laser on my hand or some voice reading back to me like that is not a good interface method for anything more involved you know
1: yeah well for some things maybe right so i think that the nature of that the fact that it it gravitates towards an audio and and voice loop of interaction one makes me confused about the thing because i'm like okay where's the part that plugs into my ear But all the voice stuff does seem genuinely useful, right? Like this personal AI, he had this other quote. It was, um, it's an ever evolving personalized memory. Like this thing that goes around with you and sort of absorbs the world around you through your eyes, through your ears, and then can recall and can summarize and can synthesize or answer questions. And it does it all through the lens of your lived experience. I think that's pretty cool, but it's only cool for things that are audio feedback. So the demo that he gave where he said something and then it sort of spoke it back in French with his intonations and his voice, that was so cool. Like, that's a really cool future to live in where language barriers just disappear because we're all walking around with these things that let us communicate with anybody. You know what it, this reminds me of is, have you seen this app called Rewind? No, I forget the domain. Um, It might be rewind.ai or something. I'll look it up or, or find the link in the show notes. But the idea is that you installed it on your computer and it kind of looks at everything you do, which is, from a privacy and security point of view, very scary, but they have all these assurances of how it's private and secure, right? But it looks at everything you do. And what that does is it creates this passive, searchable memory of everything you've ever seen on your computer. So you can literally be like, ah, I was reading something about a thing, but I can't remember if it was a website or an app or what it was. And anyways, you can search everything, and when you find it, you can click it, and it'll say what apps you had open at that point in time. You can restore the windows, you can restore the exact tab, the the scroll position of a website. Like it remembers everything. And that's just for your computer. Wow, okay. Everything. Rewind is interesting. I I tried it and signed up, ended up churning. Because I just didn't need to don't use, use it, it that much. But yeah. I think I think they're doing well. I, I don't know. It's a cool idea. And really
0: impressive if they can do what they said they're doing.
1: It's, yeah, it's, it is very cool. And so for me, I, I look at the humane thing. I'm like, okay, that but everything when I'm outside. <laughs> like I'm not on my computer. I'm experiencing the world. Like who I met up with, conversations that I had, things that I saw Routes that I traveled. I don't know. Like it's easy to to come up with scenarios where having that real world recall that's like personalized memory is pretty cool to think about. But again, like rewind didn't stick with me. Would this new thing stick with me? I don't know. Like should should we be able to forget things, Marshall? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is basically a a Black Mirror episode at this point. Yeah, I think. Okay, it was an interesting video and demo. But I came away with way more questions than answers. Like I still don't even know what it is that they're making. Like there were some really good quotes and I wrote all of them down. It was like this ambient contextual technology, this ever evolving personalized memory, the future's not on your face. Like all that stuff I can kind of get behind. I think this idea of an AI native OS is interesting as well. Like clearly Siri hasn't done it maybe google is a little bit further along but like something that understands like across multiple contexts and ways of working and ways of interacting uh how to be useful and and whether that's voice or a touch screen input or a watch or audio like something that is ambient and there at all times is really cool the personalization aspect of it very cool they can like respond to people in a different language using your voice it's very cool Uh, here's some questions that I had, Marshall. Yeah, I have some of my own. Let's go. Does everybody need to buy new shirts? Uh,
0: Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Do I, do I have to buy a custom little oval cutout with a tiny pocket and the breast pocket? Yeah, yeah. Or can I just hurt it, right, and just get a safety pin in a, a front pocket and call it done? Yeah. Did you get the reference? You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, but I don't remember the safety pin part.
0: Yeah, he, yeah, it's just like the front pocket, but because his phone was smaller, in order to get the camera to poke out the top of the pocket, he had to put a little safety pin oh. uh, halfway down the pocket so it was up high enough.
1: I need yeah. to rewatch. Okay. That was my first question. Second question, how do you do it like... There's no phone. There's no watch uh-huh. companion. Uh-huh. So how do you get your email into it? Here's my guess. How do you get your contacts into it? Yeah, they have to we have a phone
0: app, right? They like. I don't know no. how you get. Here's okay. my here's my guess. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But here's you, my you guess. Re- you read your password. We haven't yet. seen the device really. All we saw was the little, basically, the camera, the camera bump yeah. poking out the back. Right. There's a whole side facing his body that we didn't get to see, like he just pulled the thing out at the very end and like put it in his hand and just like a glimpse. But my guess is maybe there's a screen on the other side that because it's used so infrequently doesn't have any battery um, going to it. So like they just turn off the screen most of the time during the day. So it's not a, a huge battery hog. But when you need to, you can pull it out and do some basic touchscreen functions on it. Because it looks like basically the new Sony Walkman size. Have you seen those things? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It basically look like that, which maybe that's reasonable. But like there's got to be some, I mean, there's got to be USB on the butt of the thing, right? Like you got to plug this in at night every other day, at least I'm guessing. That camera, which I'm guessing is a super wide-angle camera, if it's going to catch things and be able to like see into the world, especially when it's limited to your chest. I mean, I've seen lots of policed chest cam, you know, GoPro video things, and like that's not the best angle to to view the world, you know, especially if you're like remembering your baby's first steps, which is one of the examples that he used. Like your phone is in between you and your baby. It's like, well, okay, but I'm, at least I'm getting a good thing to post on Instagram, which was the goal in the first place. I guess. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's like,
1: yeah. well, I've never captured a baby taking its first steps.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I don't care about internet points. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but like, yeah, that's presumably a, a very, if that very happens,
1: thing. even if you don't care about internet points, like you might want to send that to your parents or to a friend. Totally. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a moment. Well, that is one of the things that you'll want to like look back on. You know, that goes in the album. That isn't just one of the thousands of pictures and videos you take in a month that you'll never look at ever, ever again.
1: Okay. So we're on the same page there. Here was another question I had Can you do stuff with third parties? And if so, how? Is it going to have an app platform? Like, can you say, Can I get a reservation for two tonight at? a restaurant open table yeah Yeah. yep
0: or yeah is it just gonna somehow do its own job of like have its own apis into google and other products and like do those things for you like okay i as an ai know about open table so if you tell me make a reservation i know that i can go to open table i know how to operate it navigate the app on my own i'm basically a user myself as the ai and i'll just go do that thing for you i don't need an api like I just navigate through the app like you would, right? Uh Yeah, that's pretty cool. If that's how, I mean, that's the ideal, right? It's like an assistant. That's like literally what an assistant would do. Like, hey, go do this thing that I would do on my own, but now I don't have to do it. You'll go do
1: it. I guess. I think the thing that I don't like about that is who's to say what app it uses, right? Like, will people even make apps anymore if it's like, well, every service that integrates with reserving a table is just going to use open table because they're the biggest or it's whatever chat GPT defaults to or whatever humane defaults to. Why would I ever try and compete? Like how do you start a new company in that world where I mean this AI has been, just picks the thing, right? This
0: has been the thing of like, yeah, like being the default browser search engine or being the default anything on anything is like such a huge foot in the door of like the reason that camera like third-party camera apps you know they're they're good and like people have made good money releasing camera apps that are better than the native camera app but you can't set anything other than the native camera app to be a camera app so guess what that's the one that gets used the most right well
1: i'm also glad you mentioned cameras because that was one of one of my other questions which is can you just like take a picture and if so how and if not Mm -hmm. isn't that like the killer app of smartphones the camera and how good is
0: that camera and how do i aim it or is it is it so wide angle and just taking such a high resolution image that later i can go in and crop it out to the portion that i wanted or i don't
1: know here's what i'm thinking like as we're talking this through i i think everyone who's building this is presumably incredibly smart and talented like i don't think that they're trying to replace the phone it seems like they acknowledge that the phone is going to be a companion no matter what i think what they were saying is the phone gets in the way of meaningful moments in the real world
0: as the default device this should be the default device but you'll still have your phone okay yeah Yeah, that's fair i think
1: like leave your phone in your pocket your phone provides the internet connection your phone provides the compute hey, you can still pull it out if you need to take a picture. But for all these interactions that you have with people or at events or you know, getting into the translation stuff or asking questions about objects in front of you, I think they're saying those are the types of things that you don't need to pull your phone out for, which I can buy. I can buy why that would be a cool and valuable thing and why something that's not Google Glass is a valid contender there, right? Like I think... Having the glasses always freaked people out. It looks pretty dorky. It's hard to get around the, I don't know, you just got a big battery on your face. But something sitting in your pocket or something a little bit more hidden and ambient in the background that's capturing things, knowing things about you. I can see that. But as I go down that rabbit hole of thought, I'm like, why? By the way, what I'm about to say is never a reason to not do something. But it seems like Apple should just do all of that, right? And it just happens to play out through an AirPod or something.
0: Well, yeah, that's kind of what I was starting to think about. Is like, if you put a camera on an AirPod, you're basically there, right? <laughs> like if an AirPod could see, or I guess if, again, if you her your iPhone in your front pocket to like, you're basically to the point of, of having all of the sensors available to do all the things that they're doing short of the laser projection thing.
1: What's your read on the social dynamics here? Like Google Glass was creepy because when you were, I mean, I never actually encountered someone with it, but the reason it was creepy for people who were around it is that you always felt like you were being recorded or maybe the person using it wasn't actually paying attention. I like that this fades away, but there's still presumably this camera and microphone that is constantly on, always listening, always watching. Do you want to interact with people who have that? Like, will we evolve as a society to understand that that's just this implied thing? In the same way, like, I think we have evolved as a society to maybe have more awareness that somebody could be recording you at all times. I think this flips that from could be to is definitely if if we arrive at the state where we all have literally a camera attached to our breast pocket, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the, yeah, here's where it gets dicey is, we are being recorded everywhere we go, but everywhere we go in public, right? So like if you're driving down the street, you're being recorded. If you're walking in a mall or in a store, you're being recorded. If you're shopping for groceries, you're being recorded. But if you go to the bathroom, you're not being recorded. If I've got a camera on my on my chest and I walk into a bathroom, guess what? You're being recorded. Now you're being recorded in a bathroom. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? Well, you remember, this is why they had to add the shutter sound to to phones and wasn't there like it was like countries certain countries require it to make the sound even if your phone Mm -hmm. is off even if it's muted. i could be way off on this because of that like they require the sound as a privacy tool for the people around you yes
0: exactly so yeah i think the hump we need to get over is not i'm being recorded It's that I'm being recorded in private, right? I think we have already grown to expect it out in public if I'm walking around. Even in my my neighborhood, my neighbor's house cameras are recording me. Like people are taking pictures constantly. You're in the background of selfies. You know what I mean? Like when you're in your own home, unless you have cameras set up, you're not being recorded. When you go into other private spaces, the bathroom being the first one that really popped to my mind. But like, in personal conversations, like even, you know, in places that wouldn't have a camera that are otherwise public, like now you're, you're always being recorded and up close. And until we become accustomed to these things, they're probably going to grab your attention, which means that they'll have a full on face view. Your eyes look looking directly into the camera Yeah, capture yeah. of everyone that you talk to. Right. Yeah. Um, so, OK, I, I think that there's a big hurdle to get over there. But once we're over that hurdle, like the sky's the limit, Brian. And, and this leads me into um, maybe something I can share. We didn't put this in the, in the outline, but uh, I'm writing a story and my story takes place in the future. And I have a character who is an A.I., And for a long time, it was just like, yeah, that's just another character, kind of like um, Big Hero 6, like that type of computer as a friend, but not really think too deeply about it kind of thing. But now with all of the advances in AI, I'm actually having to think about like, okay, fast forward 20, 30 years, what actually does that mean for an AI to be, you know, your AI, a personal assistant companion Uh type thing, uh right? And so in my fictional story, the way it's going to work is... Seeing and hearing, there's a private and a, a public option, right? So the idea that you would have this thing blasting a speaker out and giving you answers as a default is crazy. You would have headphones or more likely it would just be like a bone conduction device that's implanted on you or whatever. And like you just hear it in your skull, right? And so, like, when you see something, it's either projected and you make it public so that, like, if I want to show someone something, it can be projected into the world. Or I can have a Google Glass, even though it probably, like, in my story, it's going to be, like, a matrix-type thing, like, plugged into into your brain kind of a thing. So you get direct access to visual centers of your brain. So, and then the input method would, you know, you could either speak or the way I was thinking about it is like potentially there's implants in your hands that like recognize like proprioception sensors basically in your fingers. So you could type in the middle of the air on a fake keyboard that you're just imagining and it would be able to interpret based on where your fingers are in space, like what keys you are trying to press so that you could talk silently to your ai just by like you know wiggling your fingers on an imaginary keyboard by next to your sides or even in your pockets or whatever so like you could communicate without having to actually speak aloud in a way that is like fully featured that you could like you know have the full expression of every character on a keyboard very small subtle gestures or whatever I don't know. that's how i'm thinking about it so like the, this but this idea of like a thing that is always with you like You can always see it, but whether you choose to let other people see it is like totally optional. And how public with it you are is an extension of how extroverted you are as a person, the same way that your fashion or whether you have a boombox on your shoulder has always been, you know, it's like just a a further expression of who you are as a person.
1: That Make sense? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's all just so crazy. Uh, It's it's hard to think about. I I think the thing for me when I, I watch like these demos and hear those ideas is like, It sounds exciting and interesting. And so I want to like remain optimistic about the future instead of defaulting to poo-pooing people trying new things, you know, like, I think it's easy to point out the flaws of all of these ideas, even in your fiction novel where like all the problems have been figured out and it just works this way. I think you could still sit down and point out all the problems with that system, but maybe we should just be more optimistic about like, yeah. Maybe that's where we're going. I, I guess, like even when we were talking about like going into the bathrooms and being always recording and like having this omnipresent visual recording device, this is what people said when the iPhone came out, right? Like newscasters were fear-mongering that no locker room is safe because everyone has a camera phone. It's like, nah. Like we kind of evolved, right? Well, I mean, clearly still a problem, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, it did, it did make it a lot easier to be a creep. <laughs> it, it did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Parting words on humane. I think you and I are both coming away with a lot more questions. It's an interesting first reveal. There's parts of it I'm excited about. My recap is: I can't wait to know more details because I am excited about technology and gadgets and gizmos. And oh yeah, uh, I, I, I love this stuff. Uh, but I am skeptical. I am. I am skeptical. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I want to know how he answered that phone call because I never saw him like, did he, do you touch your hand? I think it was a smoke and mirrors. He just waited long enough and it answered on his yeah. own. But like, I was wondering yeah, how much I, that was pre-recorded. Yeah. Yeah. How much of that is golden path. But yeah, he never tapped his hand. Does it look to see Does he use the camera to see like which thing you pressed on or does it use like depth to you know figure out which one you're actually tapping on? Um, I mean, that's I a solved
1: problem, know. right? Like there's like projector keyboards that know what oh, you're sort of, you're pressing, so but
0: I didn't see it happen,
1: right? He didn't. Yeah, yeah. He it just didn't held his hand the there, and
0: eventually the the
1: phone call picked up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it was because he said, "I'm gonna have to take this," and it knew to
1: automatically pick up. Was that the thing? I don't know. And then played the audio for everyone in the vicinity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think that's my Full biggest blast. question. My biggest question is there has to be a headpiece. Like we, I right. think we've seen we've seen one slice of humane. It can't just be one device. There's like, I don't know how it works. <laughs> it also makes me I'm excited feel though. dumb. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's,
0: it, it is a new way of thinking about things. And it feels a little bit like Star Trek. So I'm not going to shit on that. at all. So it's easy to get excited about that. You know, communicators. We already have the tricorder. Now we're going to get a communicator. It's pretty cool.
1: Cool. All right. Well, uh, all right. to all of our friends at Humane who may be listening, uh, Godspeed. Show us more. And uh, we're excited for the future. Cool. All right, cool things. You go first, bud. All right, so I had never heard of this show until I had heard of it. And then I watched it, and I think it's good so far. I think uh, it's called Silo. It's on Apple TV Plus. Have you heard of this or seen mm-hmm. this? I read the books. Yeah. Oh, you read the books? Yes, based on yeah. like multiple books. Yeah.
0: It was Have like you a watched independent the episodes yet? Series? No, no. I saw the trailer, and I was like, "Oh, this looks familiar." Yeah. I'm excited. I haven't watched it. Yet. And when I saw it, it was like a coming soon thing. So I just kind of filed it away. I it, should watch that. Later. It
1: has come soon. Yeah. I think there's two okay. episodes out, and I think now we're on the once a week release cadence um the the tldr is unknown time in the future the world has gone to shit the outside world is unlivable and there are people living in an underground silo but no one living there knows how long they've been there or why the world is the way it is and so naturally some people are curious and want to go outside is that like a good Yep. no spoiler synopsis? Yeah, I'm glad you did that because I you would say some I details. know too much. Yeah. I know too much. Cool. Anyways, that's my cool thing. Um, if I can have a bonus cool thing, Marshall, can I do a bonus yeah. cool thing? You know what?
0: I was thinking about doing two as well. So yeah, okay. go for it.
1: I'm gonna do a shameless self plug cool thing. All right. So a month ago, my cool thing was the community group that we created on campsite and what is it well campsite is a place where teams share work in progress and can leave feedback and comments and all rolls up into a nice feed and we thought well wouldn't it be cool if people who might not have a team or work at a small company and they're the only designer had a place to share work in progress and get feedback so we created the space where anyone can join and designers can share work videos screenshots uh whatever it might be and other people in the community can come along to leave feedback so that was a month ago and when we first launched it I wasn't sure how it was going to work. I'm like, ah, I don't know. There's been a lot of these kinds of things. It's going to get compared to Dribble. Like, How's the feedback quality going to be? Are people going to keep posting? Well, Marshall, it's been a month and people are still posting. And what's been really cool is we've built some feedback mechanisms, which I think you're going to get into, that actually have led to interesting, fun, and productive conversations with total strangers. I think there's always going to be this battle of, Nobody ever has enough context to give really good feedback on a problem that they've never encountered at a company that you don't know the the objectives of. But from like a visual feedback or surface level, like does this look right? Which option is better? There's been some really fun and interesting conversations. So, anyways, so it's been a month. I'm pleasantly surprised, and I just wanted to invite everyone who might be listening to come hang out. Uh, the way to join is at campsite.design/community. If you go there, it'll redirect you to a page where you can sign in and request to join, and then I will approve you, and you can share some work in progress. That's my second cool thing.
0: Yeah, I've been on there for that month, and uh, it's been fun. I haven't posted yet. Um, yeah, I know. I'm waiting. I know. Actually, like uh, last weekend, I was I made some mocks, and I I almost uploaded, but I was like, "Dude, post your shoot,
1: you yeah. post your shoes." The the shoes yeah. app design you yeah, showed me last.
0: Sometime. Yeah, I need to check out the, the upload flow and see what that looks like now. But okay. um, yeah, this is great. It's, it's really fun to scroll through and look and see what people are uploading and working on. And it's a really nice interface, like just from a usability standpoint, it's nice to use as a product. But uh, my cool thing, speak of the devil, is a feature in Campsite, the uh-huh. product that you make, Brian.
1: This was not a scheduled plug, by the way, everyone. No, no, no. <laughs> I wrote
0: in the show notes, I wrote surprise, so you wouldn't know what this was. But um, yeah, so you recently launched a like looking for feedback feature. What's it called? Like, What, do you, what
1: did you call this? Like the, the blurred? Well, when we thing? shipped it, we called unbiased feedback. But in the product, right. it's a toggle that says looking for feedback, yeah.
0: Yeah. Looking for feedback. So yeah, but unbiased feedback is a, is a better term for why I think it's really interesting, which is when someone leaves a comment, you can't see it unless you've left a comment. And this is very similar to the way that um, I'm an Airbnb host. And the way that reviews work on Airbnb is after a guest checks out, you have two weeks to leave each other a review. And if one leaves a review, the other can't see that review until they leave their own review Or until they wait for that two weeks to pass and then they'll automatically get posted. But it's a really good incentive of like, hey, so-and-so left a review, leave them one to see what they said about you, right? And this goes in that same kind of vein of like, okay, well, if you want to see what this conversation is, you need to like say without being influenced by what someone else said, right? Like, I don't get to know if the guest had a good time, if they're going to talk shit about me.
1: Until after I've said my true so honest feelings have about to be how honest. they were as you have a have guest. to be honest. Exactly. You can't just mirror language ditto plus one. Exactly. You
0: can tell there's somebody wrote something, a few words or a long paragraph or whatever, but I can't read it until I give my own unbiased feedback, unprompted by other people, not even knowing what the topics of conversation are, let alone how they feel about them. And then only then is the conversation revealed to me. And then I can reply to those other things and carry on the conversation. But I think it's really clever. It's a thing that I'm surprised isn't more common just in general, but... yeah. Yeah. This is the type of thing that comes out of a really small, clever team come up with cool shit like and fully understanding how their users work. So yeah. anyways, props, uh singing your praises.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a fun ship and the response actually was surprising for us. It got a very, very positive response when we announced it. Um it seemed to resonate with people. Uh And I think it resonated because everyone who has ever been in a design critique knows the problems with the process where whoever speaks first, their position of authority, if they're enthusiastic or critical, like all of that just 100% shapes the rest of the conversation. Unless you happen to have an incredible moderator at every design critique who's like on point, which just doesn't happen. So usually design critiques go one direction based on who happened to talk first. And yeah, it's an interesting problem to try and solve, so thanks for shouting it out.
0: Yeah, thanks for building it. It's cool to see. Yeah. All right, so I have a, I have a couple of cool things too. So my yes. other one is another uh friend group shout out. I'm just doing lots of plugs for my buddies here, but um our friends, Bryn Jackson and Sarah Jackson, they moved to LA a little while ago and they created a cult flave and they're doing a, a ton of like really well-produced and well Informed, like cooking centric review things videos. I don't, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but like they do a lot of reviews of like cookware um, and foods and foods. They did a whole thing on like smash burgers. which Yes, is really that's really the one though. I watched too. Yeah, yeah, I, I just watched one on like non stick pans, like. If I didn't know any better, I'd think that they were like professionals. Well, they are professionals. <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke, of course, of professionals. Okay. <laughs> but it's like the content is amazing um, yeah, yeah, and really fun to watch. I I've, They showed up on my For You page on TikTok like organically. I didn't even know about it. I was oh, like, shit. That's that awesome. Is that Bren? Or, no, I think I saw one with Sarah first. I was like, I know that voice. It was like just in a voiceover and then it showed a face I'm like, holy shit, that's Sarah. Um, and <laughs> that's so awesome. like, you know, added them and then basically went through their entire backlog and watched all of their videos and now it's showing up on the regular in, in the my for you page. But I know they have as much attention to detail and care as much about the quality of things as we do. So it's cool to see that same level of like nerdery applied to cook stuff, you know, cooking stuff.
1: Yeah. That's the thing for me is so we'll have a link to their TikTok in the show notes, but as someone who is not good at cooking and does not know things about cookware mm-hmm. and what's good and what's bad and what's valuable and what's not, uh, they go really, really deep. But every single one, they are unabashedly critical. Like they will call bullshit on bad yeah. products and bad recipes. And well, bad they buy all their own stuff. So they, they buy not all their own stuff. Anyway. <laughs> they don't yeah. get sponsored pans and shit, as far as I know. And so their feedback is totally real. Their actual opinion, and usually their opinions are grounded in like, "Hey, we did this thing a thousand times and tried every single one." Like their smash burger video was, mm-hmm. "Hey, we went and tried what was it forty smash burgers uh-huh. this week to uh-huh. deconstruct what makes the perfect smash burger." <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I'm like, I'm sick of smash burgers. Just thinking about eating that many smash burgers in yeah. that little time. Yeah, uh, maybe it, maybe it's like wine where they like spit into a bucket or something. I don't know, man. Yeah, really good, really good. Also, it's f- like funny, the good good meme insertion. Anyways, right. cult flave. Good on job, Sarah. Good job, Bran. Who good are job, definitely Brand. hearing Killing this? It. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure they're totally listening to this episode. I'll definitely it and send it to them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All Um, right, cool things. Links in the show notes. And okay, that's it. This has been episode 459 of the Design Details podcast. Before you go, don't forget, the Future London Academy's MBA for Design Leaders is here. You can learn business strategy, finance, and leadership from companies like Spotify, Wolf Allens, Monzo, Pentagram, AKQA, and others they have five two-week modules in london and california with only 30 spots available you can apply now at bit.ly slash chief designer or click the link in the show notes that's bit.ly forward slash chief designer if you enjoyed this episode we're all on twitter as always at design details fm and if you want to hear more design details right now after this brief intermission head to patreon.com slash design details where you can support us for just a dollar a month. Just a buck a month. And you'll get access to the sidebar. So that's at patreon.com slash design details. Thanks y'all for supporting the show and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. If I were to clickbait this title, it would be Designers React Is Humane's AI Computer the Future of Technology? And mm. then oh, thumbnail... a new
0: segment you're pr-
1: proposing? Wait, oh, sorry. Does... The, the title kept going. Like, yeah, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Keep going with the title. And then by the end, they will tell cool things, blah, blah, blah. No. Uh, the <laughs> thumbnail is us with our hands plastered to the sides of our cheeks, and we're making very surprised faces. <laughs>